Fuck. Ow. <laughs> Fuck. Why isn't this working? What eggs are these? Those quail eggs? I think they're quail eggs. Uh, uh, fuck, why'd you get quail eggs? I think this is supposed to work with chicken eggs. You know, like, I'm trying to do... They were fuck, outside. I'm everywhere. I didn't want to go to the store. I'm trying to do the, Luigi, the Eugene LaRue thing of, like, a, make myself bleed and then blow onto the eggs and have a name come up. Am I supposed to have a specific name I'm looking for? Yeah, I think so. That might be why it hasn't worked so far. It's just come up with, um... Like, Mr. Mixcoplex. That's that, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, fuck, I hate... Gutter magic is difficult. Oh, fuck, okay. Uh, I, I think I might need to do... I, I think I might need to call someone a bit, actually, shit. Well, no, to the name that came up. Fuck. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, that's that's a problem. That's some super bad shit. It might be... Oh, All no. Right. Let's, let's, um, let's move on. I'll need to worry about it right now. But, okay. Even if that didn't help you, it ended up helping me. So, uh, thanks, I guess. Um, oh, you know how magic it is. It always does something except the exact thing you want it to. It's true. In, in, in the ballpark. In the ballpark. Well, this is the issue with gutter magic. And this is why... Because you know me, I, I I cannot commit to anything very easily. So this is why I've never been able to become an av uh, a true avatar of a single path. Because I know some days I wake up and I feel like an unsung champion, but actually I'm the dark stalker. And it, wait, it's, it's uh, is there something you should be telling me, Tor? No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm actually the dark stalker. I'm saying like it's like you know those like things where it's like um like what my friends think I do, what my mother thinks I do. What I think I do, one of those sort of things. I'm like that. Sure, but, but where avatars. where does serial killing fit into that? Oh, no, 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 not not a not a serial killing dark stalker. More of a um, dark dark stalker of pigeons. Okay, okay. Well, I guess Can't that's why it. you never got enough enough ranks in that to matter. That's it. That's it. And and with adept schools, you know, I like you know I love magic, but like yeah, adepts, yeah. Are like they're all way too specific. I'm a generalist. Well, and. <laughs> Gutter magic is also a lot more, like, loosey-goosey than it used to be back in the days. Like, even fucking 20 years ago, right? Oh, uh, the old, um, tilts. Yeah, like... I miss tilts. The, the rules tilts for those things were just... There were so fucking many of them. No, not necessarily. Like, they were... Like, you can see how modern gutter magic does derive from yeah. tilt rituals. But tilt rituals did have some big, like, important... Like, differences that don't seem so important at first... But I think in um, practice, they are... Tilts were a lot more of a pain in the ass, from my memory, compared to gutter magic. Gutter magic's in, like, a weird sense, a lot more convenient. Like, sure, you gotta go around collecting all the components and shit, but... I know, like, sometimes tilts felt like... Improv magic as designed by, like, an accountant. So fucking granular. It's the main difference. It's not a because gutter magic works in the same way, sort of, but it's been sort of simplified. I don't know what it, what it was about the o three o three o three event that changed it, but now with gutter magic, you need what is it? You get five items each in three categories, as uh, opposed yourself. to the five up to five items in four categories that used to be how tilts work. That's it. But I think I actually prefer the tilts way of doing things because it because of the tilt. Because gutter magic has lost its tilt. Because now it's it's you, your target, and the collective unconsciousness. So like items like your driver's license or your your like high school yearbook or whatever, and then items related to your target, which could be anything really. Like the devils are given like like a lock of their hair or what they last took out from the library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like, tilts... So, gutter magic is just yourself, your target, collective unconscious, whereas tilts is yourself, your target, and then the context, you will activate the tilt at, and then the tilt itself. And yes. honestly, like, those last two were the big stickler, because it made things just a lot more of a pain in the ass, because the thing about gutter magic is you can cast a gutter magic and have a bit of leeway with where you're going to activate the reality brews you get from it, right? Whereas with tilts, you had to plan ahead a lot more. Sure. Far as the terms you would be using the tilt in. Do you, do you remember how many tilts you ended up casting rituals for that just ended up going unused? Because you could never find 
the exact context that you cast the ritual for. Well, that's what a true, like someone who was a good tilter, a, a tilter whirl, as they used to call them, they would have this sort of thing on hand. And like the context could, it was no, that not different from the collective unconsciousness, like um, components of gutter magic. It was pretty much the same sort of thing. But it was a bit more grounded, a bit more specific. Like I feel yeah. with gutter magic now, it's too loosey goosey. It's too, it's too broad now. And I wonder if that does affect the way that people approach these sort of rituals. Because back in the day, and we do know that like the no, no, tilt rituals, they were limited compared to what they could do. And gutter magic are like rules as written is just as strong or stronger. But there are but some things that feel. tilts could do that gutter magic can't, which is interesting. That's true. Well, not not necessarily because in the no wards, sure wards. Um, wards were one of the types of tilts that are out there, at least that were ran up in the old uh, second edition of the war game. Uh, gutter magic, they don't got them. No, not necessarily because um, good old Ben with his oddities that's and endless included that's true. wards. Okay, and the, we're talking the war game, but you're right. Yeah, I forgot about oddities and endlings and all the new types of gutter magic that are in there. That's right, and it, even then, even with the even in rules as written in the um, the war game itself, it doesn't say it doesn't say that these are the only types of gutter magic you can use. It says there are six no. common categories, at least the ones that got written up, and you know that's sort of a representation of what is the style at the time. That's right, the style of the time. Onion on your belt. There was a lot more wards getting put up in the '90s than there is in the 2010s and 2020s. I suppose. Well, the other thing that Tilt had that Gutter doesn't is the different levels of strength, which I appreciate. That is a huge thing, and I think yeah. that's something that's sorely missing. Yeah, I do agree there. I have some, like, I've had some, I've explored some ideas in my head of the thing about Gutter Magic, if it's all on the same sort of level, very sort of minimal, uh, minimalized level, it takes away the idea like the possibility of using much more extensive gutter magic to have larger effects which i think for cosmic objectives or even global objectives you'd like to do yes like and i think that with and it wouldn't be too hard to sort of um work it out like mechanically it's just sort of like well just look at the level of objective you're going for and you're going like if you're using gutter magic as a milestone like just compare it to what you've got here like that's even uh, within the uh, the description of milestones in book two, it's sort of implied that way. But I'm like, if you're doing a cosmic objective, there should you should be able to do like major gutter magic rituals that involve yeah. like crazy context and like like big dangerous like expensive items to get your milestone. So let's actually take a step back here because I think some of our listeners might not even know what tilts are as opposed to gutter magic so you want to explain them or should i um okay tilts were the precursor to gutter magic um uh, tilts at, in the old form of the game or the old um incarnation of the universe short for like could, tilt rituals was the full name tilt rituals yes and like gutter magic they were like a very freestyle jazzy version of magic that um now in modern gutter magic like anyone who's got a supernatural identity or like an adept any adept or avatar can do gutter magic and um even people who are mundies but happen to have that feature can do gutter magic i think but anyone tilts, with secrecy yeah i think it just uses secrecy doesn't it yes i think but you need to you need to have used gutter magic to even approach it maybe i don't know it, it's it's something that's unclear everyone else can roll secrecy or an identity with the feature use gutter magic yeah, so it's like, what's the point of the feature? I, I don't know. Greg, Well, why? I suppose <laughs> it's like when you have an identity score that's higher than your secrecy score for whatever reason, right? Yeah, I see, it, it makes it too open-ended because I, I kind of liked it. I didn't like, like back in the day, it used to have to have a soul stat of 60 or higher to make use of tilts. You remember having a soul score, Torbson? I, I remember having a soul. It, 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 was, it was tingly and a bit wet. But I do remember. Um, yeah, mine was kind of flaky. Um, s mm. Smelled a uh, smelled like kind a of pie buttery. crust. Yeah, like a pie crust. There you go. That's that's not bad. Ah, uh, 
it's 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 always good to look back on having a soul. Um, but I don't know about like having a soul set of sixty or higher seems a bit restrictive. Yes, but I they, agree. They were tilts were more restrictive back in the day. But it does make it interesting because you could have like a character who was an adept but not, doesn't have a high enough stall set to do tilts, but then have a Mundy who has a high stall and then is good at doing tilts, which is kind of an interesting dynamic. I kind of like the dynamic of anyone can do it because there's a there's a point when you don't really have a high enough score in your secrecy stat and you don't have any points in your identity that has the use gutter magic feature that it mm. you know you anyone can try it but for a lot of people it's just not worth the attempt sure and i kind sure. of prefer that sort of dynamic i liked the idea that you could only tilt if you had been tilted and i think from the point of view of especially second ed like um local campaigns where you're starting off and everyone is a relative monday no one knows anything about the setting I think that's fun because then you can introduce tilts early on as an early form of magic before you get into the adepts and stuff. I think a lot of the campaigns that we run are with people who know the game already, yeah. know the setting and the uh, assumptions and the, uh, what's the word for it, the metaphysics yeah. of, of it. One of the interesting things that Tui kind of does on the player end is it kind of mirrors learning about the lore in game with attaining a higher level of rules knowledge and mastery yes and sure. sometimes just straight up unlocking features i'm myself not so big on the whole you need to be tilted to cast a certain kind of tilt thing i do kind of wish tilts as a thing were kept to the gm book too i i, I sure. want it to be something that i i, I think being tilted is a bit too restrictive, but I do want it to be something that you need to learn about. Yeah, and this is a, a big difference in the way that the um, the books were presented. Yeah. If you're comparing second edition, the big, big bad book of um, Anonamis, and the way it was divided into different sections for the players and how much they knew, there was a reason why all the adept schools and avatar schools were in the second section, which would have been the equivalent of book two was because you're not supposed to know that starting out. Yeah. You're supposed to be like, oh, what is this? I don't, why is this guy stabbing himself? Um, which is, it's it's a fun, and it's sort of like, it's that Gnostic, like, hero's journey kind of thing of, like, learning behind, like, peeking behind the veil. We, we, um, we joke about Anonari's being a mystery cult, but the, the way that book two was laid out kind of is like that, where you're being... You're being slowly brought in to the inner circle yes. of this of yes. this sort of mystery tradition as you yes. read further and further into the book and as your GM allows you to read further and further into the book until you uh, reach the rank of Ascended Master, which is Game Mastery, apparently. Ascended Game Master. Exactly. And even though like I often lean towards much more like higher level play, at least in terms of knowing things or... And, like, I do have a lot of interest in, like, doing more, like, cosmic level, just, like, straight-up shenanigans at the high level, fucking with the invisible clergy, like, fucking with high-powered godwalkers and just the nature of reality itself. But there is something that I miss about that slow walking into, like, through the various layers of mystery, through that, like, that golden onion on your belt, as was the style of the time, yeah. <laughs> and getting to this core. I think if book one and book two of third edition were laid out and designed a bit differently, then that sort of experience could be replicated, but that's not really what they did. They probably should have included the corkboarding process in book one. It's something that players are going to be exposed to. It's something that they're going to know about. Um, it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah, that's put, put that in book one. That seems like something good for book one. I agree. And especially they should have included the... Uh, the lonely singles version of character creation because oh yeah absolutely where is that hidden i like it's annoying to find that it's, it's like right somewhere. after the corkboarding section of book two i believe yeah and that's something that a player by themselves should be able to go through they shouldn't need to go yeah. looking through book two for it i agree it's really strange well it's interesting because like if you even if you're looking at the like um the, the table of contents for ananami's second edition and what they've included in the their book one, The Secret Names of Streets. Yeah. Like, a lot of this information that was included in the first section is scattered throughout books. 
like uh, I'm thinking like the, the corkboarding should be like there was no corkboarding in second edition but the corkboarding would be something you'd put in book one and it wouldn't be like book one would be a pretty slim volume but even here it's like 75 pages yeah. of like 200 and something so it's not it's not tiny I mean there's like three sections in uh, the original second edition book and the first two are the more player facing yep yep Secret Name Streets, The World of Our Desires, and... Oh, fuck, there are four books, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. The first two books of the second edition are kind of the book one for mm-hmm. third edition, and then the second two books in second edition are book two in third edition. Um, I, I guess they just didn't want to have, like, four books in, 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 a, in a slim case, but maybe if they'd wasted less pages on Empty Space... They would have been able to do it, but let's let's anyway. Two hundred pages uh-huh. for book one as a decor rules, and then one hundred and fifty pages or so for book two for the GM exclusive information. I think would have been a perfectly fine way of doing things. And even like things like later on in some of the books, they'll have like identities and such. And I'm just like, put them in book one. Put all the identities in book one. Just like everything yeah. you have. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And there's also stuff that, as far as, like, the finer details of the cosmology that are included in the latter section of Second Edition that aren't mentioned in Book 2 at all that I would have liked for them to include. Um, yeah, like, there, in a lot of ways, to really get the big picture of Unknown Armies, you do kind of need to read uh, the Second Edition core book. And that's... Yeah. And that's, um, unfortunately, the case, although just the way it's set out and the way it uh, presents things, it makes it, it's easier to grok um, for me. Like, I I remember, like, I definitely reread um, second edition core book much more often just for just general pleasure than I'll use my, than I'll look at my third ed stuff. I'll use my third ed stuff for, like, games and looking for specific information and things. But I don't, I generally don't just, like, pick them up and like uh, leaf through them for fun yeah. as much as I used to do for the second. Like I, my, I don't have my physical copy anymore, but it was well loved that copy. I, I, I like because you could just like go through it and be like, oh, I'll read about this now. I forgot about this. Oh, yeah. Jesus fishes. I love Jesus fishes. There are some things that third edition improves overall, and generally a lot of those are rules related. And yes, I do think the gutter magic rules are generally a fair amount better than mm. the tilt rules. There are some things that Gutter Magic lacks from tilts that I miss. I like I I miss the fact that this the tilt is a component. Like this is the part of it that is like the whole is what it all wraps yes. around is like yes. the tilt. What are you trying to do? Um, and then you apply all the the collective unconsciousness and yourself and your target to that all around the tilt. Whether it's a joy buzzer or a broken mirror or like a protective or like handcuffs or whatever, like it's the tilt. Um, I do like that, and there is something to the mystique of tilts, and they seem more. Gutter magic seems it's more abstracted, like a low, huh? It's more abstracted, I think. Yeah, it's more abstracted, definitely, and it seems almost more of a low rent version of like magic. Um, well, I just, think that's well, what's. I think that's intentional. It's in the name. Yeah, but it, it's it's less of like it's less of a shitty apart. It's le- it's less of like um. A shitty apartment and more like a a cheap like place that you uh, I don't know it, it it feels like a different sort of house I don't know I get what, what you is. mean it's, I understand what you're getting at it's more like a shitty hotel room than a shitty apartment right because shitty apartment's home shitty hotel room is somewhere you're just staying yes yes it's a very fly by night and like the way I know I need to work on the way that I do tilt rituals and I feel that I need to be a bit more uh strict in how i do them well not strict but like i would like to explore like when you're doing a tilt ritual i feel that people sort of come sometimes there's especially people especially if people want to like sort of get it out of the way quickly yeah. um and that's how and that can happen if you like depending on how you introduce it sometimes i'm introduced like oh you have to do a, some gutter magic to do this or this is an option you can do some gutter magic and people want to sort of get past it to like okay quickly what, what can we think of some like things to throw together and like part of me is like well these are meant to be rituals. They're meant to be like, um, they're supposed to have a ritual element. So it's not just throwing them together. There should yeah. be something which ties into like the ritualized act. And there's lots of ways you could do that, but I think it should be tied to like 
the ways that we do rituals as a species or as a civilization like what of our rituals like you can do any kind of ritual there's like a a rite of passage type thing or a wedding or any it's like rituals are like innumerable in our in our culture any any of them can be uh, appropriated for tilts or gutter magic well one of the interesting things about tilts is the way that they're described and designed in uh, the second edition book is that the minor significant and major tilts aren't so much a decision on the player's end mm-hmm. of what kind of tilt they're going to do in that particular situation it's more on the gm's end of how what do how do i want tilts to be in my game if mm-hmm. i want to really draw out this ritual process and spend an entire session or two going over players collecting these ingredients and figuring out how to put together a cool ritual for this then i'm gonna yeah. have it be a ma- then you should probably have them be major tilts is what the book suggests whereas if you want to abstract them something yeah. closer to how gutter magic is usually done in third edition then you should probably make them minor and i get why third edition leaned towards kind of a middle ground between the minor and significant effects of tilts because yeah. just fundamentally I don't think many players are interested in spending a session or two on a scavenger hunt even if it's a scavenger hunt of their own design yeah no some players do I do enjoy a bit of a scavenger hunt uh, I think it's depending on how it's presented yeah. yeah I was sort of thinking like you could sort of repurpose the objective system uh, the percentile system and apply that in the tilts uh, section of second ed they they have even percental um, costs for various elements. So each 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 particular ritual element is 2%. Um, yeah, I think like that if... gets a bit too fiddly, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah. I get what you mean. That's what I was talking about when I said it felt like rituals as conceptualized by an actuary. That's it. That's it. But there are things that you can boost it a lot. Like if you uh, invest elements, it boosts it a lot. Like spending um, a SIG charge pumps it by 20%. Uh, which is significant. Well, that's um, in there in the third edition, isn't there? Is it? I I, I couldn't. I yeah, I've been looking for her. because how much does it boost it? I can't find where it says like because I've had in games in third edition sig boost twenty, minor boost where, 10. Where, where 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 are we looking here? Where 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 we're we looking here? Page one eighty one of book of book one of third edition. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, I see. I see. Okay, yeah, I see it. All right, so getting a dropping a minor is 10%. Yeah. A SIG is 20%. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's good. There are some things in Gutter Magic, or there are some things in Tilt, as far as bonuses go, that are missing from Gutter Magic that I kind of like as a dynamic. Like, you get a big bonus to tilts if the target is uh, a consensual recipient. You get, like, a plus 20. That's a, big, that's a big bonus. And I think that's cool. I think it's cool that if gutter magic is done with a consensual target then you get a big 20% bonus another thing was tilts if the person is physically present you get a plus 10 to the ritual and I kind of like that sort of dynamic of like all right we're gonna be casting some sort of weird ritual in the sky it'll be more effective if we kidnap him first (laughs) right sure that's another fun little dynamic to include in gutter magic I think and those should probably stack, too. So if you have someone consensual that is actually there, uh, then it should be like a plus 30. And that means that bonds and such are probably a lot easier. Well, I'm thinking, like, if you're going to make it, like, a bit more, like, uh, complicated or a bit more, like, stringent in how you do it, like, even if you were doing, like, the 2%, 2% thing, but, like, those 2% things are only up to the first 25% because, you can, like, I'm thinking from... I'm thinking of it tilts where you've got, like, four categories of... Uh, five items so it's 20 percent. so each of those items that you add so it does encourage you to add more even though it's only two percent but you need you need as much as you can to like get that initial stuff because that's what the basis is but then when you add like throwing in a charge or two charges it's another 20 percent. so now you're going up to 40 percent. and then things like um performing the ritual at a mystically potent place adds 20 percent. that should be something that you're taking into account when you're doing gutter magic it's like, where is a mystically potent place or a cosmically significant time that we can do this? What is something? We need to spend some time. We need to spend some energy. We need to get dirty a bit to get these points. And the reason I wanted to do it as like an objective type thing is instead of rolling your use gutter magic or like lower or, or fucking secrecy, 
you just get that up to 100% and then bam, there's you got a magic magic has worked. Or you can roll it. What I was thinking with that because what the third edition book kind of implies is that the max you can get is a plus 20 or minus 20, right? Mm-hmm. Plus 20 is the cap for bonuses, minus 20 if you go beyond that. It just does the ritual automatically doesn't work. But yep. I was thinking like, okay, what if there was an effect for bring bringing back plus 30, plus 40? And I think that's a good way to tie in these sort of significant and major variants of uh, tilts and bringing them into third edition gutter magic. So if the max bonus you can have for any given ritual is plus 20, but if you get to plus 30, then you can modify that to a significant version of that same effect. And then if you get to like plus 50 or plus 60, then you're doing a major one. Mm, mm. That could work. And Because I do like some of these, right? I do like some of these significant and major tilt effects that you see in second edition now there's like kind of a format for these usually the minor involves a plus or minus one to five percent depending on what's most advantageous for the ritual caster like moving all the number tricks and shit it it lets you boost regular successes to to match successes right yeah, that's that's it. you're fiddling with it to make a match success or a, or a matched failure for the enemy. There you can't you can only very rarely change a success to a failure or vice versa. It's mostly for upping the degree of success or failure. And that I like that more because it, it's more like with the synchronicity, but also keeps like your agency. Yeah, you you're still skilled or whatever. Like it's it's some only only rarely will turn like a success to a failure. Um, so it will negate your like your skill or your your force of will but the synchronicity will flow in a way that like your failures suffer your failures suck more and your successes are more glorious because the universe has twisted in your favor i say make that outright explicit don't have all this fiddly plus minus two three shit just be like all right a success becomes a match success a match success becomes a crit and the same for failures, but it can't change success to a failure or vice versa. That fits, um, like, sort of, like, um, the sort of imagery of a hex as yeah. well. Yeah, When you hex someone, it was, when they fuck up, it's like, things go real wrong. Yep. And a boon as well, like, it makes sense that, like, things go your way. The other weird thing with boons was you need to shift by at least one, so... If you get a double, that means you lose that double if you cast a boon on it, which is kind of weird to me. Yeah, that's that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, now that's that's a bit fiddly. There's yeah. no need for that. Yeah, just just up the degree of success or failure. I think that's all you need to do. I think that if you've got a boon on yourself and you just roll a natural grit success, I mean, that boon is going to be like, well, we'll just wait for the next one to activate because this guy has done well. That is one feature I really like from Gutter Magic is the stickiness, as the game puts it. Yes, stickiness is cool. Yeah, when you cast Gutter Magic, it doesn't count as spent until it makes a difference. I love that. And it makes the whole mechanic a lot less frustrating than it is with tilts. Yes. Because Tilt, you can yes. spend an entire fucking session putting this thing together only for it to not even matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is, like, part of the reason why I'd want to bring in the... to Getting up to 100% and it automatically succeeds, like an objective. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, people don't want to put a whole lot of, a bunch of energy into something where it could all come down to someone's highest fucking secrecy roll and it not succeeding. It's like, well, no, just if, if it was, like, you put the ritual together... You put the energy into it, you put the time into it, yeah, you've you've cast the ritual. Yeah. It works now. And that would encourage, I think, players to like people don't want to put a whole like spend half a session like on a scavenger hunt and then have it fail. But if it's like if you do the scavenger hunt, this will definitely work, then people but you but you have to go through the, the rigmarole, then I think people would be would accept that more. Would be more happy to go through the scavenger hunt. You you've convinced me. The not having that twenty percent cap in favor of just yep. allowing people to get it up to 100 so it's guaranteed is, I think, a good way of doing it. And then maybe the other side of that is, all right, in exchange for a 30% penalty, you can jack the effect up to a significant result. Mm-hmm. Or for like a minus 60, you can do a major. Yeah. 
So like an objective, you can still roll even if you haven't hit 100%. And you might succeed or fail, but it would be in a situation where like, you, you, you want to roll those bones. Um, it's a risk to take. Yeah. Now, what significant tilts usually did in second edition, actually looking at these, what they always did is they flip-flop. They give you a flip-flop yeah. for whatever the target of the ritual is, whether it's advantageous or disadvantageous. And a lot of these are weirdly up to kind of GM adjudication, which was weird to me, but like I get it. Mm. I just kind of put that in players' hands because it sort of already is anyway. Majors are interesting for tilts because they either are automatic successes or automatic failures, or they grant something called a flash. Oh yes, the flash where you see through your either your bonds uh, eyes or like the eyes of the enemy as they enter your secret bunker. Yes, for the like ward that. for three seconds. And I kind of miss the flash as an ability. I think that's super cool. Do you know if Oddies and Endlings adds that as a gutter magic result? Um, I don't think so. They've got. They've got Clue, which is ad hoc divination, which... No, it's more like a hunch. Uh, I don't think they have a Flash. No, they don't have, there's no Flash here. I think Flash is fine as its own gutter magic ability, right? Like, and honestly, like, seeing through someone's eyes for three seconds isn't that big of a deal a lot of the time. It should be... I think that should be... It definitely should be something that is, like, inherently a significant piece of gutter magic. It needs some, like, some real work put into it like it wouldn't be like when you're thinking of it like minor tilts or minor gutter magic is like in the opening fiction of yeah uh Anunnaki second edition where eugene larue is teaching like gutter magic or like showing gutter showing a tilt to um renata D dakota it like a, a, a flash is like she was already like holy shit he made a name out of blood on some eggs that's pretty intense um, like a flash seems to be like should be the next step up. Maybe it needs to be significant. There's only significant major versions of flashes. The thing that came to mind for me for like the effect um, would be like okay, maybe you can see through someone's eyes for a number of second seconds equal to the sum of the digits of the roll. Okay, that yeah. seems reasonable because again, three seconds ain't that much for wards. It kind of makes sense because. All right, you're you're getting a sense of what the guy is gonna do. You want to activate a tilt, and you may not actually be getting anything of importance in those three seconds, right? Yeah, your target is like sitting on the toilet reading Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, and that's three minutes and three seconds of that is not very useful. So, giving players a bit more control over when that happens and how long that happens for, I think, would be good. Yeah. So yeah. then, maybe the major version of that. If the base is significant, the major version is a number of minutes instead of a number of seconds. That could work. That could work. I'm almost thinking, like, when you talk about Flash and this sort of thing, it, it, I'm wondering if it starts to get into more, like, sort of, like, psychic powery type territory, which is not... I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. What was the name of that Stephen King uh, novel where he touches the politician and then gets the vision of the future? Uh, was it The Dead Zone? It might be The Dead Zone because it's like... I haven't a, read it. It's a populist sort of politician. Like, this is like a pre-Trump Trump, but it's yeah. not really Trump. It's like it's just like that kind of populist uh, politician. And then um, the main character sort of shakes his hand or whatnot. And, like, it's a vision of, like, the, the nuclear apocalypse that will result. Wasn't Dead Zone about cell phones? Oh, maybe Dead Zone's about cell phones. No, that's cell. No, I, I, Stephen King may very well have more than one horror novel about cell phones. I wouldn't put it past him. The one I'm thinking of predates cell phones. Cell was such a silly one. Such a silly one. I, I can take Cell seriously. It was too much like old man yells at Sky. Technology. Technology. But I did read it. It wasn't bad. Actually, it wasn't great either. Anyway. The, my problem with it is making it too much like psychic powers. Is it like gutter magic and kilt rituals? They all feel like they should be like tied to more traditional themes of um magic like the magic like real world sort of like here's a way of doing this maybe. magical traditions here's a way of doing this um typic so how third edition handles proxies is that you need to have a bond with the target first right yeah what if flash is the same or if you have like bond or a yeah. whammy or something like that you need to cast another kind of of gutter magic ritual on them first before you can try the flash 
Maybe, but then it's sort of like the question is like then you'd have to bond with uh if you want to do it to your enemy, you'd have to do a bond with like bonds need to be with. Well, no, have it be targets. have it be. I said bond or a whammy, so. Or a whammy, okay, a whammy as well. Yeah. So you yeah. could spend the whammy to uh, get a flash. I have some major issues with um, the way that proxy proxies have been like folded into gutter magic. Yeah. Very simplified. And I've written some stuff up about how... Because proxies in second edition, uh, there's a lot more you could do with them. Yeah. Um, And proxies, as they are presented in third edition, is that's a very oversimplified version, which doesn't quite make sense to me. Like a proxy, building a proxy in second ed was much more of a like a involved process and i think as far as like the rules shit there it goes a bit far with it but i think third edition goes too far in the other direction of simplifying it i I would agree with you there sure because proxy like doing gutter magic to make a proxy it's gutter magic's fairly easy and straightforward but the fact that they've included the effect where um your proxy can die instead of you that's such a major effect. That's such yes. a huge effect. And the one and thing they do so is easy. like you need to have a bond with them first, which does limit things a fair amount. I get that because a bond is pretty hard to get set up. I'm technically no, like I guess like usually a bond is pretty hard to get set up with a person that you don't know. But rules is written for gutter magic. That's not really the case. The bond doesn't actually need to be there for it to happen. Yeah. Though the way that second edition handles bonds also leaves something to be desired, to be fair. Um, with the whole, uh, you have to roll individually for each person you're adding to the bond group. So that means you might need to cast the ritual over and over again if you want to get everyone included. Sure. It should be like, if you're doing it all together, yeah, it should be like, you could you should be able to do it in one big ritual. Yeah, maybe. maybe did, like, like a sick version of it. Yeah, maybe like, okay, for each person you add, it gives you a minus 10 penalty or something as opposed to this huge convoluted series of rolls. It's, it's like, oh God. <laughs> I don't know. It's because we were just talking about Stephen King and now, and now I'm thinking about that scene in the book of um, Stephen King's It where they just, this this random scene where they all just, all these children have sex in the tunnels. Oh yeah, the, like, well, the sewer gang That's bang, a bonding ritual. The, yes. <clears throat> The unnecessary gangbang that was cut out of the movie for good reason. Um, But it's like, well, that's a bonding ritual if I've ever seen one. I'm not sure if you knew this already, but uh, it was the first book that uh, Stephen King refused to let an editor touch. Oh, dear. Beyond uh, checking for grammar problems and whatnot. Which explains a lot, both in terms of uh, certain events in the book and it's general length i think it, it does say something about um the the falsity of the idea that um like fiction can fuck with people's brains is the fact that like that whole gangbang scene like as an adult and i'm like that's fucked up but when i read that at like the age of 11 or 12 i think i just mostly just like skimmed past it i think i was younger i was like 10 uh when i read it for the first time and i'm just like this is this is kind of weird and boring i'm just gonna skip past this <laughs> You know you've written a sex scene poorly when, like, a 10-year-old reading your book skips it. It just didn't have much of... It didn't leave much of an impression. And I think it comes down to, like... Because I, I feel that the rule should be uh, with kids is, like, yeah, control what they watch on TV and control what they're exposed I mean, to. I mean, yeah, internet. reading doesn't fucking matter, especially at this point. Reading... Because it's 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 whatever you can imagine in your head. And our imaginations have been so fucking dulled at this point. Especially as far as, well, like, imagining shit in books. Well, I'm just thinking, like, the... Like, how you imagine something written in prose is determined by your brain and yeah. your character, what you know. Yeah. Um, so you it, it, it kind of becomes... Because, like, a book or some prose text is it, it's interpreted by the brain, like, whatever scene is in there becomes more age-appropriate just by the nature of the way that's, we read. That's a very good point because there's a lot of shit that you just don't know about yeah exactly you you know that sex is something that you're not supposed to talk about but you don't really so reading it is just like okay they're all sleeping with the girl for some reason especially when i was like being a precocious reader as a child it's just like if i come up to something 
not necessarily sex math, but even like some like technical explanation or something that I didn't just get. Like I would just like, or even a word I didn't know, I would just like, I'd either like, uh, hmm, I'd make a note of it, or I wouldn't make a note. I'd just like glide past yeah. it, you know. I'd be like, okay, I, I don't I know, know what, what that's this about. Means let's move on because of the context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 let's go on with the plot. But anyway, after that aside, but like that's a sort of example of what I was thinking of in terms of like, if, if you're gonna do a bond with a group, it should be a bit more. Maybe it's just, maybe doing a, a single bond. If I mean, a very emotional out. gangbang does make sense, in my opinion, for a larger bond ritual, but... And that's how it works in Delta Green. hey It's true. Canonically. Well, maybe not the gangbang. I, I think the um, the tendency for Delta Green agents to have sex with each other to um, to keep their sanity intact um, varies depending on um, whether the unnatural entity they've encountered was written by Ramsey Campbell or not. <laughs> Bad. I know something about iHeart, man. <laughs> I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Let's get back to tilt and gutter magic, I think. Maybe some of the differences between uh, the types of tilts versus the types of gutter magic. I still think we haven't quite worked out like what it would look like to have different levels of effects. Like I can see how like the different like um strength of gutter magic, it's easy to sort of grok and just like you just need like doing it like it was the objective system just like this is like it, it implies the sort of components you need but how would it work in terms of like power level of like like the results okay so let's say each level you go up far as um power level goes is a minus 30 penalty on the gutter magic roll right i wasn't thinking of it that way oh, okay. no because i was thinking more like like the effects should be more impressive the higher up you go. Like, the things that you can affect. Like, a minor boon. Like, a boon placed... A minor boon can be placed on an individual. Uh, a, a, a significant boon maybe can place it on a group. Okay. And a major boon, it should be, like, something that's, like... Like, it's at the cosmic level, you know? You could put a boon on, like, a large organization or a large sort of, like... Um, especially if you wanted to affect, like, using gutter magic using reality bruising to affect like political economic cultural change or like mess with things okay. like that would be the sort of okay. level I'm i think of. well I, I think at a certain point it gets more into just using gutter magic blessings to contribute to an objective right yeah but far as stuff like boons and whammies only work once but if you wanted to apply it to like a larger group of people i could see that being just the penalty you apply to the role the more impressive you want to do something, the greater the penalty. And some examples could be like, okay, if you want to... So how would, like, applying whammy to 10 people work? Would it just be whoever in that group of 10 activates the conditions first takes the whammy? Or they each... Mm. Each person in that group of 10 takes an individual whammy? That's true. Like, maybe it would be the stage up of, like, it would depend on... Like if they're working towards a group objective, or if they're like rolling it on an objective or something. I like think that. it's uh, I think it's best to just handle those as blessings towards an objective. Yeah, maybe. I I am thinking that like with certain people, certain individuals, it would be harder to use kind of magic on them. Like for example, so if you're someone like Alex Abel, um, like putting doing a minor hex on Alex Abel is not going to do shit because he's got those wards up. Yeah. You want to do something with Alex Abel, um, you're gonna have to do some major hex, and that requires a lot of like running around how wards are used in second edition is interesting because it's not how wards are typically used i think because a ward to me is in magic terms usually protective in second edition a ward is just a tilt cast on a location instead of a person mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't think a ward necessarily needs to be cast on a particular location well this is makes it different from like the ward that uh, ben presented in Oddities and Endlings is more of a ward on, on a person. Yeah, that's how traditionally used, I think. Yeah. But I do like the ability in uh, second edition for tilts to cast something like this on a particular location. I think that's cool. Would be like a different name for that, though. Like, what's a cool magic name for something just cast on a on a location instead of a guy? I think uh, ward does seem to fit it as well. An Aegis? An Aegis. That's, that's interesting. What is it? Yes, I see that coming up. We're both. No, that's also kind of more associated with an object than a place, but at least it's not a guy. Well, it's just a uh, a means and method of defending, according to Merriam-Webster dictionary. Um, All right. That that does sort of. 
having no claim to the land under the aegis of the law. Okay. The cattle baron decided yeah, to claim there the you go. Yeah, no, no, That's no, good. Makes sense. So an aegis. Aegis is cool. So you'd put that on a um a place. Yeah. Um. Mm, mm. Uh, to steal from second edition. Uh, how an aegis basically works is that, or how a ward works in second edition is just once a person is in that place and they take certain penalties. Mm-hmm. So for an aegis, it'd be like anyone entering there that you don't want to be there. By default, it's a minus ten. Yeah, they're weakened. Like a minus twenty, like a whammy. Uh, Sig is a flip flop. And then major could be. I, I like the major auto fail, auto success thing, right? That's pretty cool. Because it com- say combine that with your idea of not having them stacked or not yeah. having a cap. That means if you put 160 points worth of boosts into a gutter magic ritual, okay, hey, you just get one roll where you can succeed no matter what. Right, yeah. And that, that makes... I think that's good for me. If you put in that many resources into one ritual, sure, I'll let you auto-succeed a roll or let some guy you don't like auto-fail a roll. That's fine to me. Yeah, it should be um, commensurate, to the, um, commensurate to the effort that you've put into what you're trying to do. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. And then there's still the chance that you roll a 100 or they roll a 1. And it's like, all right, well, fuck. One of those uh, long shots that ends up working out for them. So curses are in gutter magic, but they aren't in tilts. So what would like a higher level curse be like? Because mm. one d ten. Well, I was thinking about this. One d ten wounds. If you cast ten on those of a guy on a guy, he's basically dead. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I love curses. Yes, it's probably gonna take a while, but well, that does fit like sort of like the. Uh, folklore about curses. Um, curses do kill people. Yeah. In folklore, like depending on how, who, and how you're being cursed. Especially if if someone is like really, if, especially if someone's targeting like a Mundi, yeah. Um, who can't put up like a counter counter curse or whatever. Um, if someone is just like, I'm going to kill this person, and I'm just going to do gutter magic every day, and I'll go through the whole rigmarole of like I have to use different tilt elements or different gutter magic uh, components. But I'm going to keep doing it until this guy is 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 dead. So the thing that kind of comes to mind for this would be like significant could be two d ten, right? And then major could be one d one hundred, like a gunshot. So that's your guy trips down the stairs out of nowhere and breaks breaks his neck. Yeah, lots of things it could like a car crash yeah. or like anything cause that. And it should be like proxies where if you do this to someone, it's a big violence check. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like violence, like doing these sort of things, it should definitely be, uh, there should definitely be violence things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess high level boons and whammies could do flip flops and then auto success or failures. Uh, what's the fun stuff for bonds? Um, the weird thing for bonds in second edition was that they were once a month abilities. Yeah. Once a month is, it's, it's sort of like, it's sort of indicates how they thought the game was going to go. Yeah, I I can't think of many UA games where it's even gone over multiple months, to be honest. It all happens in one week. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. I think it should be once a session. Yeah, that's, that's what I'd go with, too. Once a session is easy to remember. Sure, it's not diegetic or whatever, but there's tons of shit in 3rd edition that's just once a session. So, Or, like, it's, you're supposed to do um, objectives... Or you're supposed to do milestones once a session, maybe every time you do advancement for milestones or whatever. I'm wondering if in um, if you're doing a major version of a bond, like a group bond, then maybe you could have it be a sort of like um, sensate, where they were like connected and they could use each other's skills um, hmm. because of their psychic connection. Like That's for cool. example, if yeah, if you're bonded with a cop and you don't have um, provides firearms attacks, but they do. So this once per session, you can roll on their one of their identities. Yeah, I like that a lot. That'd be a good significant, or maybe maybe you need a major for something like that. Even yeah, I'm thinking it's a major. The major you need a major bond connection because that's quite that's fairly powerful. I don't think it would work with magic, but anything mundane it should work. It means that you could have like a group um, that are um, quite like I imagine like a cabal that they take their mundane identities and everyone like specializes. Sure. So you have one, like like in Sensate, you have one who's good at like 
martial arts, one is good at shooting, one is no knows information, yeah. has yeah. high knowledge. And then like that could be quite fun, like as a dynamic, both as a player group and as like um some antagonists, because then you'd have the uh like you'd be chased the bad guy down and then he'd have some ability that you didn't expect him to have because he's drawing on uh, one of his bonds. Hmm. But only once per session, because I think yeah. that, that would be that's enough. I think that's enough. But you could do it like once per session per member of the bond, perhaps? Or is that too much? Um I'd say like each person should get that ability once each person in the bond should get that ability once per session. They can take from whoever they want, but they can only do that once per session. But you know, everyone in the bond gets that once per session, so it adds up after a while. I think that would be quite fun from like a player point of view. Yeah, like, no, that's a that's a really cool resource that I mean, if nothing else, it has you paying attention to your to the other players' character sheets a lot more than you normally do in a role exactly. Game. Exactly, yeah. And then what would a significant one be? Like the the easy one is just okay, you can flip flop instead of doing plus ten, but because mm. it's just like okay, you get a plus ten to attempt when you're trying to help the person you're bonded with. Hell, you could even go like if you're bonded with someone, you get a bit of their residual like um, connections or like their relationships, maybe even like maybe the sig is you can use their identities. Or maybe here's an idea. Here's an idea. Um, um, you get flip flops. So it's not just for like attempts to help. It's attempts to like find their location and stuff. So the oh, yeah. scope of the powers are broadened a bit too. Oh yeah, you get a sense of where they are. Yeah, uh, what they're doing, maybe even. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe not. Maybe not a full flash. Uh, like a no more vague information. Vague information. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That's cool. That's fun. Um, yeah, so and blessing is easy. Way. Blessing is just all right. You add points to an objective, right? Minor is local. Yeah. Significant is global. Major is cosmic. Yeah, and if you do a, a sig, uh, like a, a significant gutter magic blessing yeah. for a local, a local, it's an intense milestone. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly the, yeah. how it. That's already how it works in the game. So yeah, that, there's yeah. a very easy framework for that. I'm kind of with you with proxies. They should just, they should be, they their, should own be their own thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because it's it's there's too much you can do with proxies in second ed that you it's not included in third yeah. ed, which I'm trying to write up. And the 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 death dumping thing should be it's it's too big. It's too big of a thing, and it's yeah. like and it's part of. It was part of the lore. It was part of the fiction, a core part of the fiction. Yeah, it's so iconic that you can't entirely get rid of it. Yeah, but because like it, it's a really powerful ability for just two gutter magic rituals. Yes, and it was bad. It was considered a bad thing. The fact that Dermot Icane had done that to another Dakota was not yeah. looked well upon by even by his own cult. So yeah, I think that should be like something that's taken out of gutter magic and put its own thing. Even though it, it does operate on a similar, I can see why it was put together because it operates in a similar sort of um, uh, process. Like you're doing the ritual. Yeah, it, it, but it's also not as ad hoc as uh, your usual gutter magic or tilt ritual. Well, yeah, because it was meant to be. You do you found found a proxy ritual. It was a type of ritual, like capital R ritual. Yeah. And that you used. And I think it's better that way. Yes, I would agree. I think if like whatever they do with like maybe in my like my like third ed trutherism, I'll just say like <laughs> what they say about proxies, it's 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 a it's a pale shadow of it. And they just tell you that it'll kill your proxy instead of yourself, but it's 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 not actually I'd be okay with the gutter magic proxy that's only the anytime you're targeted by magic ability. That yeah, that's maybe, fine. Yeah. That's fine. But to avoid a death, no, no, that's you need something more intense than gutter magic for that. Because you needed to have an, a, I believe you needed to have a significant proxy ritual, and see the proxy rituals having like different levels of them was a bit, yeah, a bit, a bit fiddly. Uh, finicky, yeah, yeah, fiddly. And I wonder if it like I the way I've got like I did a bit of a write up on it, and I'm, I'm not entire, I'm not sure if I'm entirely happy with it yet. But I think it needs to be something which is easier to rock from a player standpoint but also has the sort of gravitas that such a thing deserves in-game. One of the interesting things about 3rd Edition is there is stuff in the write-up there for more intense gutter magic effects, and that's for match and crit results. Yeah. But also that's like... They're, it's super fucking vague. It just says, yeah, the GM comes up with something, and it's like, okay, no, I, I want, I as a GM want a bit more fucking guidelines than that. Yeah. I mean, I do like the idea of a matched or crit result 
upping the power of the gutter magic ritual when you have the significant and major effects spelled out. So you're just trying to cast a minor one and then you get a you do a crit and you get a get a freebie all the way up to major. That's cool and can also do some really fucked up stuff with like, I'm trying to curse this guy for 1d10 wounds, I roll a crit, he ends up dying. That's good. That is pretty cool, yeah. You curse to kill someone by accident. Yeah. One thing, to swing back around to wards, and I'm wondering, looking over at the two, like, looking more at the second-end wards rather than oddities and endlings, why not bring in the coercion system there? Like, Interesting. Just, like, you do... You do a ward on a place, and it means that you need to, like, the people who have to, um... That's good. Crossing that threshold coerces a check of some sort. Yeah, and it, depending on, like, the level of the gutter magic that you've done, it's a higher check. Yeah, so, like, minor would be, like, a level three unnatural check. Significant would be, like, a level six or five, and then... I think three, six, and nine is good. That's good, yeah. And also, it's something that means if you ward a place... It's something that doesn't necessarily make it stick out to the Mondays because they'll just be like, oh, I don't want to go in there. Uh, I, I'd, I'd rather not go in there. That place gives me the heebie-jeebies. Brings about a few unnatural phenomena, right? If you go in there. If, if it's a major, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah like you start sure. seeing shit for the really intense ones. Oh, ba- maybe even like, even the minor one has a little bit, but it's like very subtle. It's like a weird smell or it's like, yeah. it's, a, it's like a sensory thing, like, your hair stands on end, or yeah. you feel like you're being watched or something, or you shouldn't go in there. The sort of shit you'd associate with, like, a haunted house, right? And, and it should also depend on, like, you should be able to put, like, that kind of ward, a coercion ward, and it should vary depending on what, what it coerces. Like, if you if it's an unnatural, uh, if it coerces unnatural, yeah, it's a creepy fucking place. If it coerces uh, helplessness, it's, 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 it feels like a dangerous place. It's yeah. like, if I go in there, the fucking... The floor's going to collapse on me. I'm not going to enter I think it place. should be a natural specific, I think. I, I think otherwise that you can target that a bit too much. I like the targeting because then it means a place can be... A, a place just seems, like, dangerous. Like, oh, if I go in... Like, you, you ward a certain... Like, a bar, you ward a bar, and people stay away from it because they, they think... It, they get the impression that it's a kind of bar that you're going to get a fight. Maybe, a like, a penalty, you could have it be something other than... How, how do you ward a place for with a self-check? Like, you feel like I'm not the sort of place that goes... <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, I think it's funny they do it that way. Like, one against self. It's like, if I go in there, it would be going against all my greatest ideals. I think it should be easy to do it for a natural, but yeah, you're right. I think it should... Uh, I, I like that. Um, you should be able to do it for other um, shot guys too. And it would be funny because, like, a place that is warded against self might yeah. it would um the reason people didn't go in there would vary depending on like their obsession and their like passions yeah. and their personality so someone who's quite religious will be like that that's that's a den of sin in there yeah uh, i don't want to go in there it's like it's like it feels like walking into a sex shop um and it's just a feeling at first if it's a minor one but like then you get the then you can up the ante with the unnatural phenomenon yeah. so if you've got a group of people looking at a place like even if you've got some pcs who are like looking at a place which has been majorly warded majorly coercion warded um with self then you can describe the place differently to each pc and that also it gives it, it it's it's gonna be interesting to be fun no that's good yeah i think there's a lot of cool stuff you could do with that i agree uh it's a fun like that there's a lot of that sort of shit in like the setting lore it's very rare that players have a chance to mess around with it on their terms. So yeah, that's cool. It gives them a chance to play around with that shit a bit. Definitely, definitely, and and, and it fits like the sort of um, the sort of setting and the sort of like stories that are told, yeah, like yeah. Urban, like fantasy kind of like horror stuff. It's yeah. just like yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't stop people from like just taking that check and going in. Yeah, but it's 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 a risk. Yep, and if they're already hardened, they they just don't fucking care. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, well, I'm too tough for this shit. And then if you have someone who's just, like, totally fucking calloused out on one, like, he's just like, I don't give a fuck about your award. I think that is an idea. Like, they don't even notice it being there. Yeah. They're hardened. Definitely, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's that's some pretty cool shit for uh, as far as uh, bringing in some of the good stuff from Tilts and the Gutter Magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works pretty well. I will say, I won't go into it now. When people are messing with tilts and uh, gutter magic and these sort of rituals, it's good to... What I want to do more is to look into 
sort of the mechanics of a ritual in terms of like a, a, a human a human like ritual thing like yeah. as i was mentioning before like some rite of passage or some ceremony and what types they exist because back in the day when i did that like that small thing for satisfere which is um eyes of newt gingrich which i don't know why i called it eyes of newt gingrich which just amused me which was just uh, ritual components i remember that ben recommended that i like including some information on like different types of like ritual traditions that's good because then like drawing from like as we've we, we we've talked about in the past about the uh the glories and the moral uprightness of uh cultural appropriation so <laughs> yes we have we've looked um there are lots you can pull from so i i, I did i i never ended up got it doing it because i was uh lazy uh, and I didn't want to write out, and it, was, it seemed a bit too much. But I did have some notes and some links and things like traditional sort of. Um, you've got your Kabbalah, you've got your Voodoo, and you've got your Hoodoo, which are two different things. Um, you've got like Southern Italian folk medicine, and in the U.S. Um, specifically, there's like Pennsylvanian powwowing and yeah. like anything. They're like um, very specific rituals of. Like I think I mentioned before of them finding like um, cats and boots and things like in the in the walls of colonial houses in Australia. Yeah, I do remember that. Which was a form, yep, yeah, and things like that. There's the there's theurgy and Goshia and Taoist magic and Vedic rituals and Wicca, any kind of religious terminology, uh, symb- symbology rather is is good. Um, I could see a Stratosphere project that overhauls government magic a little bit easily. Yeah. Yeah, include some of that um, stuff. Like, hey, here's some examples of. Here's a fucking D100 table from maybe that's a bit much, but D20 table from a bunch of different magical traditions throughout the world of shit you can pull from and each of their symbolic significances. Yeah, and I've even, I've even got noted down. I've got like psychonautics, and I'm just like, well, there are rituals people do with. Um, oh yeah, Paleo drugs, and all that. Uh, but yeah. in the modern sense. And then there's sort of stuff like, do you want to, like, this an area that we've talked about a bit but hasn't fully explored, like, to describe sort of how the world has changed since uh, Anunnaki's first came out, the first the war game first came out. Yeah. Um, well, the more online stuff and, like, what rituals you can do, like, fully from your computer, because I think... Cyberpaganism! Cyberpaganism, that's right. Because <laughs> that could be quite... There's, there's things to do and like I, I do feel a bit bad but I was like ah oh, this is too much of an effort but that would be something that would be good to include in yeah something about gutter magic or till rituals or whatever like if there was a project like that including yeah. as much information as possible especially nowadays when um, you can talk about like yeah, like increased globalization increased access to information and you you have any idea how many fucking ritual components you can buy on Amazon That's never right. mind on Etsy that's probably fucking Etsy, yes. Like Etsy ritual components. That's a pretty good con- character concept. Someone who makes, he's like, sells ritual components sure. on Etsy. Um, I, I have a friend that did that to, like, scratch up some extra, extra cash for, like, a couple years. Yeah. But I do like the idea of some, someone who's in, like, a place like, if someone's in Haiti, they wouldn't, maybe they wouldn't use Voodoo as much because it's the occult mainstream of Haiti. So instead, yeah. they'd go online and be like, "What else is there? I'll I'll do I'll do all my gutter magic with Kabbalah instead because it's here in the, in my context, it's weird and out of um, it's more I call it undergroundy." Yeah, and you could play you could play with that in different ways. All right, well, we should probably clean up after this uh, egg. And uh, was that blood on the walls before or after the ritual? Those walls always bleed. I, I've been meaning to get someone in. The guy came in. I got a contractor in here, but he said he, he would. It uh yeah he need to get his guys um, getting a blood out of the walls a bleeding wall it, it's it's a big thing he says I think asbestos might just do that oh yeah